0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Brad. This is Miles. And welcome to the house. Miles Markowitz, we are back in action doing the thing I love the most, and that is talking about sports.
1: Here we go. And right off the bat, I just want to thank uh, Trey Scott for coming on the show last week. We got some great feedback on that Masters episode. Dude,
0: Trey was unnatural. You know, the funny thing was that was his first time appearing on a podcast. I swear, if this man does not start a podcast in the future so we can jump on it, <laughs> I'm going to be utterly upset.
1: Pay it forward. Yeah.
0: Pay, I mean, Trey, he did. Trey, do your thing, man. Thank you so much for coming on. So. I want to bring back something that we haven't done in a while. We're getting reviews now. More reviews, the better. We're going to do a read my review segment. Guys, if you want to hear your review read on our show, just go ahead and write a review. Positive or negative, we'll read it. So this one comes from Jane Doe. I guess Jane Doe didn't want anybody to know her name. It's a five star. I love it. It says, sometimes it's fun to listen to podcasts that are outside your interests. So I gave this one a listen and was happy I did. Miles and Brad have a great rapport and their first guest Trey Scott really shed some light on the behind the scenes in golfing like how golf how the golf course IRL (laughs) thanks Jando IRL in real life is different from how it appears on TV thanks guys thank you so much for the review we respect that Miles our mailbag this episode
1: yeah we have a a fire mailbag yeah we uh, do this week and you know we're gonna do something a little different we got a lot of good questions uh from miss daniella so we are going to answer two of her questions okay starting with uh something that is on the mind of every nba fan right now that's the spurs okay with the recent turbulence and unknown with Kawhi leonard do we think this is the final year of the golden popovich era
0: whoo No, not a chance. The only reason I'm saying that is because if you look at this Spurs team, in my opinion, this is one of the best Spurs teams he's putting together. And Kawhi is going through Kawhi drama, and these guys are still ranked number one in the NBA in defense. They are still going to make the playoffs. You take the superstar off the Cavs, not making the playoffs. You take the superstar, you take James Harden off the Rockets, not making the playoffs. You take – look at when even Curry – they have, three, they have four superstars. Curry off that team makes them a little bit worse. He does, now, yeah, absolutely. Now, taking Kawhi off this team, what happens? This team is still, they can still get as high as what, the, the third seed in the in the West? I, I don't think the pop era is over when he wants it to be over.
1: It's because if you're still creating matchup problems and you still have, like you said, the number one defense in the league, then this success is still sustainable, and it's why he continues to turn over these superstars and turn these young guys into more superstars.
0: Yeah, definitely. Agree. I agree with you 100%.
1: This man has a career-winning percentage of 692 over 22 seasons, and he's not slowing down anytime soon. No.
0: He's a great coach, and anybody who thinks that he does not deserve because Kawhi is tripping is crazy. They're out of their mind. I think that the magic that Greg Popovich puts together with whatever rosters I mean, look at at Patty Mills. Uh, Patty Mills is a great example. He's turning him into an all-star. DeJounte Murray, who no one really knew about, is playing great. Can't shoot the three, but he's playing fantastic. You look at this is what shows you how good of a coach Popovich is. The first year he got superstar LaMarcus Aldridge, LaMarcus Aldridge was not happy. He wanted to trade. Pop sat him down and said, my fault, my bad, man. I was coaching you the wrong. I was I was making your game plan change. And now look at LaMarcus Aldridge averaging somewhere around 25 points a game, mm-hmm. and they're successful. One of the best players in the league. Yes,
1: Pop is uh, 69, and he's not slowing down anytime soon. So
0: Yeah, I love it. That was a great question. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, this might be our first soccer question. Wow. With no United States in the World Cup, RIP, who should we be rooting for this summer in 2018? Brad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and uh, get your thoughts on this.
0: Okay, first. good, because I when I saw this question, I was really excited. Let's put it this way. Everybody in the world roots for two teams and if you're not if if you like so me personally I like to root for Ivory Coast. I think that's somewhere around where my heritage is if I were to do ancestry.com or whatever. And also they they have a lot of young talent that I like to root for. If you aren't a person who might be of French descent or you don't know, find your favorite player. Just research teams that do good for other 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 countries. Like there are teams who bring in smaller countries. Um they they donate money you don't always have to root for the biggest, best names like the Argentinas, the Brazils. Find somebody you like and, and run with them. There, there's the underdogs out there that are that are pretty solid this year.
1: Brad, I was going to say the same exact thing, all right? We're in the United States. It's It breaks my heart that we're not in the World Cup, uh, seeing as how some of, some of the best sports memories that I have in my life are watching USA in the World Cup yeah. with other American fans. It's um, incredible. But yes, if that's not going to be an option this year, which it's not, find a player or better yet. Find where you come from, yes, and go for that team. Uh, for me, it's always been Poland. Okay, my boy Robert Lewandowski, Louis. one of the best strikers in the in uh, in the world. Yes, so Louis. I mean, uh, right off the bat, that's who I'm going to be rooting for. That's what I'm going to be watching. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are from Colombia. I always root for Colombia. So, yeah. so, so that, that that's another one. Um, find a country that is as passionate about soccer as you are about your favorite sport. A great example for me in the World Baseball Classic. Yes, I was rooting for America, but. I've never seen anybody more passionate about baseball than Puerto Rico.
0: Puerto Rico. So that so that so it was
1: really fun to follow yeah. that country, follow their team, find a story that that you want to follow. I mean, the World Cup is such an amazing event, and take it from me who I didn't used to be a soccer fan, I am now. Uh, you know, so so if you're not in the World Cup because you're not into soccer, it, there's something for everybody
0: here. Yes, definitely. Just get behind somebody. It's it's all about being loyal to something. That was a great question.
1: Absolutely. All right, so we're going to go on to our third question in the mailbag this week. This comes to us from Ryan, who asks a really good question after uh, March Madness. The NCAA tourney was fun because of all the upsets. Do you think that gets football to look at expanding? All right, and I'm going to go ahead and open this one up, Brad, because I think that we have a couple things to look at here with this question. Okay. Number one, the idea of expansion. Let's just go ahead and talk about that first, because I know you have very strong opinions about this uh, subject, as do a lot of college football fans. When we expanded from two to four, it changed the game. Yeah. And and I think that in the playoffs that we've seen thus far, uh, the excitement, and not to mention the four seeds that have won the playoff, uh, just that comes to mind. Bama was a four seed this year. Ohio State was a four seed when they won it. We are now – I think that we have now been shown that it's not always just the top two uh, teams that should be competing for the title at the end of the year. But does this mean that we should expand to eight? Does this mean that we should expand to sixteen? What college basketball does is that they bring automatic qualifiers from the smallest conferences in the country, Loyola Chicago looking at you, and giving them a chance to be a Cinderella, that creates the great stories. Would it work in football? I'm going to say that just on the surface, it wouldn't work in football the same way it would work in basketball. Now, would an expansion to eight teams work? I could definitely see that being a possibility. There's a lot of logistics behind it, but I'm for it. Okay.
0: Okay. First, I want to cool everyone's jets about this whole NCAA tournament being fun. You guys want to talk about fun? You know what's fun? These small schools destroyed these big programs because they were better, right? Do you know what's not fun when a Michigan, who clearly, clearly would have never beat Virginia any day this week, goes to the national championship and gets destroyed? On top of that, the ratings were the lowest NCAA yeah. basketball tournament championship ratings ever because a team like Michigan is in. And the only reason Michigan is in is because Virginia gets knocked off by a team who loses in the second round to a team that's half as good as Virginia.
1: But here's the thing. The NCAA isn't concerned with the ratings of the championship game, right? They're they're, they're only concerned yeah. with the first two days of the tournament. I understand, tournament.
0: but when it goes down in the history books, when they start talking about those scores, they're looking at the championship game. They don't really talk about Fair the... Fair point. Like, in the history books, you don't hear, oh, that was one of the best playoffs ever. You no, you hear about that championship game. And this is going to go down as the easiest
1: championship victory for a team that, in our modern day. It was a joke. I mean, uh, Nova covered in all six games. Yes. In and that tournament.
0: I'm going to answer your question even further. Would this work in college football? Yes and no. Okay. Because there's going to be times when a team like a UCF will win their conference They'll have one loss and they still won't make. The, they'll still won't make it if it's eight people because you can't oh, say right. they're one of the top eight teams with a loss with that schedule. So now you're expanding it. Just fix the problem. I, my problem with expanding the playoffs is not having more teams in. I, I don't care. Have more teams in. I do have a problem with the number one team having to play an extra game, but that's only if they destroy the team, right? If it's a competitive game, then if it wasn't an extra game. It was it was needed. My problem is it's not going to fix it. Because you're still gonna have the UCFs might have a one loss, but um, Boise State might have a one loss, but still wins their conference. And now they're we have eight
1: team playoff. And they're like we should have been in the eight teams. You should expand it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because let's go ahead and have a little bit of fun here. Okay. All right. So because of what you just said, I agree with you. Yeah. Maybe eight wouldn't work because you still run into the same problems. What was? I mean, living in Orlando, what was arguably the biggest problem this year? Right. All I heard was UCF should deserve. UCF yeah. should deserved a shot. One hundred percent. So let's do a sixteen-team bracket. Because when I got this mailbag question, my okay, what if football did it like basketball and gave the mid majors, so called, a shot to upset these big dogs? Yeah. So what if every what if every conference was given an automatic qualifier, and then you had six at-large bids? So that means that on top of the Power Five conference winners, you have six more. At large bids. There's no argument here. Yeah. There's always going to be teams left out, right? Even in the uh, field of 65 for March Madness, there are teams that have a gripe. Oklahoma State, I'm looking at you, right? Teams that uh, got in over OK State that had no business to, but that's how the system works. Yeah. This is what I'm looking at here, right? So uh, I I went ahead and drew this out. We see it on 1 through 16 based on final college football playoff rankings and then the rankings of the uh, other conference champions. So let's just go ahead and uh, do this game by game here. Okay? All right. Now, uh, here's what I wanted to ask you. uh, Because in my dream scenario, in the first round of this playoff, the higher seed has a home game. 100%. The higher seed has to have a home game. It has to because you don't have enough bowl And it can't be neutral site. And it can't be neutral site. You cannot. Absolutely
0: not. You 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 are the number 16 seed. You do not get the luxury of playing the number one team on a neutral site. Not happening. That would... Bring down the system. I think, we, I think we do it all the way. We do it these first two rounds, like the NIT, where it's a home game. I'm for it. Did they get to the... Well, I think the NIT is the quarterfinals. Oh, uh, no. The, quarterfinals. It's the, the Final Four is
1: where they bring it to New York. Bring it to New York. Okay. Same thing. Yeah. yeah so, so, it, same, so, same just, thing. So, essentially, you have the same amount of bowl games yeah. here. Uh, so, the money is still there. Yeah. And the, the money is going to the schools that deserve the money. Yeah. Of course. By hosting these home games. So we're in agreement there. So I do want to pick winners in these games, but okay. I also want to talk about Brad, I want to talk about the idea of would we see would we ever see an upset in this situation? A kind one of, sixteen upset. Yeah, like okay. kind of that idea. So uh this would be number 1 Clemson, the ACC champion versus the 16th seed, the Toledo Rockets, champions of the MAC in Death Valley. No. What do we think?
0: There'd never be an upset in the 16 one. And if it were it would be like one of those number one seeds who had a favorable schedule. Not saying that Virginia had a favorable schedule. I, I, I don't keep, don't don't let don't let me say that. Okay, but, but they lost. Virginia lost the games they should have lost. But they played two games. Yeah, they lost the two games they should have. Right, they, but I, I'm just saying like they, they weren't good. They didn't pl- like they didn't play well those games. Is what I mean. Yeah. not like their opponent. Virginia style of basketball. Let's compare it to. I can't even think of a. I was thinking about this. I couldn't think of a team to compare it to. Football wise, a team that is piss poor on offense, but with such a good defensive lockdown team that, that they won. Okay. Now, you have to put that in football stance. Football, you're that good of a defensive team, you're only going to need a score. It's going to be a 9-6 nine, nine to six game, you know, just like, uh what was that, LSU, Alabama. Yeah. And no way a Toledo is holding a number one overall conference champion like a Clemson, uh, an, an Alabama. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the overall number one seeds. It's not happening.
1: All right, so in this scenario, uh, a 16 seed, I mean, because we're looking at the the bottom-ranked automatic qualifier, yeah. right? Uh, so I think that in this situation, now, you could argue a team like Troy came in and beat LSU. We have seen these upsets. Yeah. Appalachian State comes in and beats Michigan. Now, it's different when we're talking about the undisputed number one seed. Yeah, definitely. In a playoff format, it's much different than just a regular season game. So, But I will say this. Uh, I I heard for years in March Madness that a 16 would never beat a one. And I will admit to you, Brad, I thought I was going to be an old man in my rocking chair before that. I before I saw a sixteen to one, and I, I and we saw it. So it would be rare. Yeah, and it's like you said, it would have to be the right matchup. Okay, moving on. Uh, how about this eight nine matchup? We would have the eight seeded uh, USC Trojans, this is an at large, and the nine seeded Penn State Nittany Lions, another at large.
0: That'd be a fun game. Great game, uh, in Los Angeles. And then this would be one of those games. It'd be a hungry team.
1: One of those teams could knock off the number one seed in the next round. Absolutely, even on the road, even on the road, even on the road. But I mean, that's football. That's football. That's sports. And, and it's two. And and this in this situation, it would be two power conferences going out in that second round. So who do you got in that game? Um, I, I'm going Penn State. I'm going Penn State because of how bad USC looked against Ohio State. Yeah, 100. Uh, so uh, we're cheating a little bit here because I'm going to go off what I saw in the I, bowl I'm games. going 100. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Penn State in that one. All right, so let's go on to this one, Brad, the fourth-seeded Alabama Crimson Tide, and at large, by the way, and uh, the champions of the Mountain West would be the 13-seed Boise State. See,
0: now, this would be a tough one. Um, you like The 4-13 game is a hard game because it's not normally a team that's bad, per se, so right. four is not bad, and then you have a team that is good enough to not get overlooked. So the 13-seed mm-hmm. to win in this would be... It would be like a one seed uh, losing to a sixteen seed because it's it's look at Boise State. anybody plays Boise State this year, they're not going in there like, oh, we're playing Troy this weekend. Right. They're they're playing Boise State and knows Boise State is hungry for a victory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the the Mountain West Conference would be a good example of a conference that would churn out a a, a solid champion yeah. every single year. Yeah. So then it would almost become because in football there's there's not many conferences. It would almost yeah. become what conferences are strong. Because, right? yeah. like, would, would the Mac ever produce a, you know, would that Western Michigan team that we saw under P.J. Fleck, you know, yeah. would, would they be able to to pull an upset like this? So, you know, uh, conferences would come into play too, but that's a great point. I mean, it the way that Alabama played in the playoff, Boise State's got no chance no in this chance. game.
0: <laughs> no chance.
1: But a four seed on another day? Absolutely. Maybe, yeah.
0: And, and you know, Alabama was probably the, one of the best four seeds we've had.
1: Yes. Exactly. Besides Ohio State when when they were four. And then they beat yeah. Alabama.
0: They were good too, and yeah. I'll give you that. I They're have something good. I can say against that.
1: All right, so speaking of Ohio State, let, let's go to this next one. I have thoughts about this one. Num- the number five seed would have been Ohio State, the Big Ten champions. The number 12 seed in this scenario, UCF, champions of the AAC. Brad, the way that Barrett was playing at the end of the year, Urban was choosing leadership over passing ability. Yeah. And you know what's funny when I saw this matchup? Because in college basketball, right, the 12s all beat the 5s this all the time.
0: Trap game. Trap 100%. game. 100%.
1: I think that it would be the same thing in football because in, in this playoff that we've laid out, the 12th seed is the best group of five team. Yeah. So this is definitely an upset alert every single time.
0: Every time. And I'm going UCF. They're riding that momentum into this game. I'm going UCF too okay. uh,
1: in this game. Even though Ohio State's D-line looked as good as they did against USC, UCF really showed me something in that second half against Auburn. Yeah. So I'm not denying that they would come in and have the ability to beat uh, – that team, so I'm going to go ahead and advance UCF. Uh, you want to go ahead and uh, so the next one's going to one? be
0: the Big Twelve champion versus the Sun Belt champion. That's going to be Oklahoma in the number two seed versus the 15
1: seed Troy. I am still going Oklahoma here. Twos very rarely lose to a 15. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield was just playing at such a high level. Yeah, I mean throughout the entire year, especially. But I'm I, I'm specifically just thinking about that Georgia game. Yeah, he was ready and he was that close to going to the national championship and. Uh, proven it there. So, I mean, like we said, Troy beat LSU earlier in the year, but that's a what, a four-loss LSU team? Yeah. It's a whole different ballgame here. I got Oklahoma.
0: Okay, uh, the next game we're going to move over to the 7-10 matchup. We have Auburn rolling in at 7 and Miami at 10. I'm going Auburn to win this game just because of the way Miami fell, uh, they fell hard where – I mean, I could even see Miami like being an 11 seed. You know, maybe in de- depending on whose eyes, maybe a 12 seed.
1: Miami would have been limping into this game. Yes, two at large bids here, uh, and Auburn probably would have gotten on Johnson back. Yeah, uh, hell, like 100, percent healthy. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, Auburn all the way.
0: Okay, and we're gonna go to the number three versus the 14 matchup. This is gonna be Georgia, the SEC champions, versus the Florida Atlantic Owls.
1: This is interesting because Florida Atlantic their offense was clicking yeah. at the end of the year. Uh, there's no way in hell they're beating Georgia be- between the he- uh, between the hedges at home.
0: No, but it would be a fun game to watch.
1: A very fun game. See, and this is what it creates. And this goes to my point here. Expanding to 16, it includes, for the first time, all FBS schools. Yeah. All 130 schools. You can't sit there and pretend that you're including all 130 schools right now. It's two different divisions. It's, yeah. a, it's a power five and it's a group of five. And... Just giving these you know, guys a chance uh, to get that win uh, in these buildings come playoff time would be awesome, but I'm also going Georgia. All right, what's the last one here?
0: And the last one, we got Wisconsin at number six and Washington at number 11. I
1: like shit. That's a tough one. Very tough one for me. Uh, uh, the way that Washington played against Penn State, it was a hell of a game. Yeah. I, I would go ahead and go Washington here.
0: I'm going Washington, and this would be the trendy pick. There's always a trendy pick always. for every bracket, and <laughs> Washington would be the trendy pick.
1: This would be a, a trendy eleven six. All right, let's just go ahead and uh, quickly move on to the second round here. But I mean, we we have the idea here, right? Yeah. Where like I like I feel like a system like this could work. You could find a way to make it work. There's a lot of logistics behind it, uh, but let's go ahead and see see how this plays out. So the second round will also be hosted by the higher seed.
0: Yes. So this will be a who do we say was winning that? Penn State. Um, so Clemson versus Penn State. I'm going Clemson.
1: I'm going Clemson as well. Uh, at home is huge in this home, game. At home, huge in this game. Absolutely. Clemson. All right,
0: let's go to the next one. We're going to have an Alabama versus a UCF.
1: <laughs> can they oh. keep it going?
0: And I don't think they can keep it going. No. It's just too big, too too powerful, too strong, too fast. And you know they talk about – they said – I heard someone say, where's that SEC speed? The SEC speed – yeah, sure they have sure um Shaq Griffin's amazing fast for the American Conference, but it's every position. It's yeah. not just one player. Yeah. But Bama wins that one. What's the next one we got?
1: All right. So then we would have uh Oklahoma playing Auburn, Oklahoma at home. I think Auburn creates uh, a matchup problem for them here. Yeah. But I'm going Baker Mayfield.
0: I'm going Baker Mayfield. It's I mean Oklahoma's at home. That's what I'm gonna go with.
1: We're going in the right direction here. Uh, we have number three Georgia. They would host number eleven Washington. I've got Georgia winning the game.
0: I got Georgia winning at home too. So, is this
1: telling you something? Yeah. So, we didn't talk about this beforehand, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, but I had a feeling it would go towards this, right? Yes. So now we're at the final four. We've done the playoff, and we have the same teams. Yeah.
0: It's just how it goes. These top programs know how to win at home. They know how yeah. to beat lesser opponents, and you are giving them home field advantage too. Which don't get me wrong. I I am so about the home field advantage, but it also gives you that freaking like the shut your mouth factor to the yeah. to the to the small schools like we got you in right be happy right you be wanna, happy you're here and you're playing us yeah you want to win you want a chance for a national championship win on the road show us you are that good
1: we would have to see. Uh, some kind of insane matchup problem like in that Appalachian State Michigan game where Appalachian State came in with that five wide spread and Michigan was still playing in yeah. old style pro and they and they just got completely surprised. It would have to be something like that. But the final four. Okay. So we have the we have Clemson Bama, right? I yeah, got Bama. Bama. Uh I'm gonna go Oklahoma over Georgia. I, I think if Oklahoma and Georgia play again, I got Baker Mayfield next.
0: Yeah, Oklahoma, Georgia. And now that Georgia's, they had a chance to sit down, settle down. I got uh, Oklahoma again, but I would have Bama winning the whole. Thing. Bama's winning it all.
1: Yeah, and you know it's a number four seed. It's kind of kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, Baker in that championship game. Uh, you you have the same issue where you're sitting Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you got Baker Mayfield hot. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm still all about that Oklahoma team that we saw. Yeah, except that Oklahoma team,
0: their front's not as good. Yeah, and they I, would struggle all day. Alabama would be running the ball. They would With the even, Bama front seven. Jalen yeah. just running. Jalen just running. Yeah, hand the ball off, Najee. Hand the ball off, Harris. Hand them all off, Bo, you know? Yeah. Running, running,
1: running. I know we took a little bit of time on that, but I think it's a great topic. It was a yeah. great question. Thank you, Ryan, for the for the thought-provoking question. Let's go ahead and move on to our third segment, Brad. We are going to talk about some spring football
0: storylines. You know, we didn't talk about these before, so I'm kind of interested to hear yours, uh, but I'm going to steal the show real quick. Go ahead. My spring story, uh, Look, coming into the uh, spring, I really want to talk about... Um, I want to see what these coaches are doing in SEC. The SEC has... The most ever uh, was a changeover um, with six full-time head coaches coming in, um, Dan Mullen at Mississippi State – I mean uh, at Florida, uh, Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State, uh, Jimbo at TAMU – that's Texas a and Sorry, guys, for the slang. Chad Morris at uh, Arkansas, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, and Matt Luke taking over a full-time gig um, after he was serving as intern.
1: What do you think about uh, Pruitt at Tennessee? Yeah. Uh, I think that Tennessee's just got this line of lackluster hires, and I yeah, think that it's, it's, it's okay. going to continue.
0: Okay, he's yeah. an okay recruiter, but he's no Kirby. Like, could you imagine if a Tennessee pulls off a Kirby? Yeah. Kirby's one of the most liked guys by anybody. Even Bama fans are like, oh, we're kind of rooting for Georgia because Kirby. <laughs> you know, and that's our that's one of our, our rivals. And so I asked myself, first asked myself, what the offenses are going to look like, who's coming into the best situation. In the best situation, I know, this might not be a best situation right now, but eventually I got uh, Moorhead coming in at Mississippi State with Nick Fitzgerald. They finished with one of the
1: best records and have one of the best players. I think, uh, not saying he won't have long-term success, but short-term, definitely set up for success there. Yeah,
0: just a season is, is my thing. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, yeah, For sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I like that hire for them. I think Moorhead runs a good offense. Uh, it's going to take some time for Jimbo to get his recruits in, oh, but it's going to be a great storyline to watch. Yeah. Uh also oh Mullen at Florida. Mullen. Mullen. will do his thing. He'll it'll be a great another
0: pipeline. Uh not really seeing much out of Matt Luke. Uh, don't see many people going to Ole Miss for a while. Um Dan, you know I, we touched on Dan Mullen. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Pruitt, we we already touched on that. It, it is what it is.
1: We're gonna keep the theme here because I think as far as spring storylines go, the new coaches in college are always so exciting. Uh for me, it's a husker homecoming for Scott oh. Frost.
0: I was gonna th- I was thinking about doing that one, but I want to talk about the SEC. I'm telling you right
1: now, Brad, you can tell me if you disagree, there is nobody that is going to be under more pressure, more scrutiny, or more fire this year than Scott Frost.
0: I 100% agree because I'm thinking about it, everybody in the world is going to be watching Nebraska for the next three to four years if Scott Frost does not produce a competitive, but I mean competitive, I mean that's like three games over 500 season, they are going to be like, was it worth it? Should Scott Frost have stayed at the lower tier school? Yeah. Is he only successful against lesser opponents?
1: Yeah. Hell, in three years, Brad, They're gonna be looking for eleven win seasons. They're gonna yes. be looking for Big Ten titles. Yes. Uh, after three years, that's the kind of pressure. And him being uh, on the on the west side of the Big Ten, it's definitely possible. I think we're gonna see a great Nebraska Wisconsin rivalry. Yeah. Develop over the thank next thank God of years. Once
0: they'll be running the hell out of the ball. Yeah. The scores to be twelve to fourteen.
1: <laughs> Their spring game sold out in just over twenty four hours. Nice. They're, made, they're, they're already making T-shirts. Husker Nation is ready for him. I So it's going to be a fun storyline to watch.
0: That's exciting. Okay, so let's move over to uh, the NFL. Oh, I'm so ready for the NFL. Way yeah, back. Let's move over <laughs> to the NBA uh, betting preview. So, Miles, I didn't know how we were going to set this up, so I kind of just went ahead and winged it. Yeah, it's all right. Um, for my betting picks, I'm going to give you three of my NFL champions that you should put your money on. NBA. NBA. I'm so ready for the NFL. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh winner. I'm gonna give you three of them. Number one, I'm gonna give you the Golden State Warriors. We're going after Westgates um betting lines yep. at minus one eighty. Uh then after that I'm gonna go to Cleveland Cavaliers at plus four fifty. And then this is my sleeper pick that I actually put money on. Um I got it at plus um nine thousand. Uh the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: I like that pick. Pretty trendy pick right now. Uh absolutely they they've won what like eleven in a row. Yeah, yeah.
0: they're playing great without Joel and Bead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're averaging forty-seven point three rebounds per game. They're the number one rebounding team. They're averaging twenty-six point seven assists per game. Normally, when you put both of those stats together, let, let me just back up and, and say, out of all those, the team that I really think is going to win the national cha- the NBA yep. title, out of all those, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Why? Wow. Cleveland Cavaliers, they, 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 they're they not the best in points per game. No, they're not the best in, in rebounds per game. The, the, the best in points per game definitely goes to, you already know, Golden State Warriors. Assists per game goes to Golden State Warriors. Who cares? They got LeBron. One thing that people don't realize about LeBron is when he's on the court, he doesn't make mistakes. So who do you think the number one team in plus minus is? LeBron. Who do you think the team that is not, out of all the teams I bet, at those three teams, who's not in the top five in plus minus? Golden State. Flashy. Showmanship. Even, I mean, even the 76ers are at the, the, the top. This is a, a good stat here. Clutch wins. The team that has the most clutch wins in the NBA is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So you're telling me I'm going to put my money on a clutch team? What is a clutch win? A uh, clutch win as? is um, come back from high victory that you were supposed to win. Um, okay. Or a close game buzzer beater kind of situation. That's a cool stat. Yeah. Uh, they, they're actually tied for first with – A team who I do not think is a trendy pick, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans.
1: And not to mention LeBron James. He's averaging 27.4 points per game. That is the most he has averaged since 2009, which was his last season in Cleveland before he went to Miami, shooting 54.2% from the field. He doesn't need much help. But he just he, needs a little bit dude, of help. he's got it. Okay, since, since uh, R- Rodney Hood has,
0: has came to the Cleveland Cavaliers, he's been playing a lot better. He had lost his job where he was at, he, now he's coming here, he's playing good. Clarkson, I, I feel like Clarkson, oh my god. If you take all the players on that team, um, and, and you said, who could have benefited the most by playing with LeBron James? Jordan Clarkson. Now Jordan Clarkson has this older presence, what he needed to to to, to hone in on his youthful exuberance while he's out on the court, and it's LeBron. LeBron is dadding him up. Not, not in a weird way like he's like, sit down, my child, but like a, hey, man, I'm going to show you because I've been there. I was that erratic, uh, exuberant person, and it's a great flow. George Hill, they got their point guard they wanted. One thing that I really like about the Cavs that no one's really understanding, Kevin Love is turning into a superstar, the superstar that he wasn't because he was a different kind of superstar when he was the only person on the team, and him and Larry Nance compliment each other so
1: well. And picking a team from the Eastern Conference is smart because the Western Conference is going to be a gauntlet. Yes. But I want to talk about my pick to win. This is not who I want to be betting on. At minus 180, I don't like the value. But I'm telling you right now, for the Warriors, all right? Steph Curry's going to be out for the first series, yeah. roughly, probably. So they'll get past the first series. If they have Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry on the floor, Yeah. all healthy, at 100%. Not even 100%. If they're all on the floor, no one's beating them absolutely nobody. Nobody can match up with that.
0: Even in the West or overall.
1: Overall. Okay. West, East cuz I cuz I've been a huge fan of Houston all year. And I and I think Houston is also playing at a very high level. They're number one in point differential by a landslide. Uh they're they're at, they're beating their opponents by an average of 9 points per game. Uh whereas the next best team is like four. Houston has the ability to just blow teams out of the water. But the Warriors just create so many matchup problems, and I just it's, feel like it's the same story that we saw in the They don't come out lethargic
0: year. either. That's why I'm putting my money on them. Just I'm putting my money on the Warriors to hedge my bet for the Cavs, but if the Cavs win, then I win more money than I would my yeah. hedged bet. As a betting strategy, it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. And I like it. I mean, with the Golden State Warriors here, three-point percentage, number one. Free throw percentage, number one. Field goal percentage, number one. They don't come
1: out and play sloppy. That's what I like about them. Mm-hmm. They don't play sloppy. Now, big difference from beyond the arc, when Curry is on the floor, they shoot 45%. When he's off the floor, they shoot 33%. Um, I think they're going to be fine without him, Yeah, at least for the first series, but he's he's got to come back healthy. The Rockets and the Warriors have both secured... For me to even consider... I mean, if
0: you got the Rockets at the beginning of the season, it was over plus 1,000. Um, right now, the Rockets are sitting at plus 400. Get out of here. I'm not putting my money... I mean, I've watched the Rockets play these games that they're winning, uh, um, and they're coming back versus bad teams, like... Uh, who they play? Uh, the Suns recently and they were at home. They were down by like twenty nine at halftime, one on a buzzer beater, which they should have lost because they the other team hit which should have been the go ahead game winner, but they just went the go ahead and they Gerald Green hits one out of on the right side of the court for, for no reason and bang, three, they won the game.
1: So, Cleveland, uh, I also like a, pl- a plus 450. Uh, not going to bid on Houston just because I, th- I don't think anyone's getting past Golden State in the West. So, for my sleepers, I'm going to go with the East. Don't forget about the number one overall seed, Toronto. They're sitting at plus 3,000. Uh, but also, if Kyrie comes back 100%, yeah. Boston has a lot of ifs. I know that coming down the stretch here, there's there's a lot of ifs to that team. Uh, Marcus Smart's out until May, I believe. Yeah. But... If they can come back and Kyrie plays 100%, I think that they also can make a run.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I had money on uh, the Celtics to win the East. The Celtics, are, they, they were going to be one of my picks, but I didn't want to pick four teams. And I thought that if you put the Celtics up versus the 76ers uh, in a seven-game series without Kyrie, I'm giving the 76ers the nod. But with Kyrie, I'm giving
1: the 76ers the, the loss, the L. Uh, And just real quick, do you want to— Look at the odds for the East and West. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's go ahead and do that. They change a little bit here. Uh, we'll start with the with the Eastern Conference winner. Um, what stands out to me is the Sixers at plus sixteen hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I go ahead. No, my bad. No, no, no. I was gonna say. I mean, Bucks at plus thirty three hundred. Wizards at plus twenty five hundred. We've been waiting for these teams. Someone is going to break the mold eventually yeah. against LeBron. I don't think it's gonna be this year. I think that the Cavs at plus one forty is the only bet. So with me. I do not
0: like getting double-dosed
1: bet. What that
0: means is I don't like betting for someone to win their conference and the championship, mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm going to go heavier on them. So for the national ch- for the NBA finals, I'm going heavier on the Cavs. I am going to pick the 76ers to win in the East. Okay.
1: Plus 1,600. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, because they don't want to win the finals. Yeah, Yeah. I like that pick. The Western Conference is a little different as far as the odds go. It's basically Golden State-Houston. So do you want me to give you the pick, the safe pick, or do you want me to give you if I had to pick
0: somebody other than Golden State?
1: If you had to pick somebody other than Golden State.
0: If I had to pick somebody other than Golden State, I would go with the San Antonio Spurs. At plus 280, without Kawhi Leonard, these guys are dynamite at home. I was looking at everyone else's home records. Not as great as them. I think they're the number one team at home for defensive efficiency, which is something that you really need against a Golden State or a Houston. So at plus 2800, I'm taking them. Why not? But – my money's going on the Golden State Warriors because yeah. I have to. The
1: way that San Antonio is playing defense, they can be a problem for anybody in the playoffs as long as Popovich is the coach. Uh, I also like Portland, who who we're about to talk about. But uh, and
0: watch out for the Jazz. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, I was hearing uh, sports analysts say, the uh, if the Jazz were in the in the West, I mean in the East, they would be regular season champs.
1: Oh, if they were in the East. Yeah. Well, what uh, speaking of playoff formats, what do you think about seeding these teams one through sixteen, regardless of conference? I love it. I do too. I love it. I say, why have you? Especially, but only in the NBA it would work. Yeah, only in the NBA. No
0: way, LeBron should be going to the Eastern Conference Finals every year, every single
1: year. No, there, there's obviously something wrong You're with. You think he's
0: system. a Final Four, Final Four guy every year? Every I know year. he's good, but he's on
1: the East, and it doesn't matter who he's playing for and who's around him.
0: Yeah. So let's go ahead and move over. We get, we're hype on this basketball talk. So let's move to uh the game for this weekend, uh Portland Trail Blazers at the San Antonio Spurs. I just gave a line prediction um because I think it's going to be an even match giving nod to the Spurs cuz they're good at home. So Spurs minus 3. That's what I'm going to go ahead and say Spurs minus 3. I'm locking it up.
1: I think it's an easy cover for San Antonio. Yeah. Especially with uh I think that the line is going to be favorable to favorable to them with yeah. everything coming out about Leonard and uh uncertainty with the team. Yeah. So, I'm betting on San Antonio coming down the stretch here. I think it's going to be a favorable line. They're 8-3 and three against the spread in their last 11 games. Yeah. They've won 8 out of 10. Uh, their shooting has been poor. I know we talked about the defense.
0: Oh, San Antonio is uh, a god-awful shooting team. I, uh,
1: I, and you I, look at their stats. So from three, they're 23rd. From, tw- they're, from three,
0: they're 23rd in, in the... Awful.
1: Shooting 35% the beyond the arc. Horrible. Just,
0: awful. But you look at their team... They have the guys who can make the shots. Like you look at a Rudy Gay, he can shoot. Danny Green, he can shoot. Patty Mills, he can shoot. It's just your other guys, like your Kyle Anderson bringing up the ball, can't really shoot. Uh, DeJounte Murray can't really shoot. And, and Kyle Anderson has been making shots recently. But you look at situations like when you see um, when they played the Clippers and they spotted the Clippers a 13-point lead. Clippers started making buckets. And then when you have a team that's energized making buckets, you need you need a dagger to slow them down, right? You need a three-pointer, but they, didn't, they couldn't get it. Even LaMarcus Aldridge was out there shooting threes. They lost the game.
1: Aldridge is playing at such a high level right now. Twenty three yeah. points a game, eight rebounds a game. He's got he's averaging a block a game.
0: Dude, look at his field goal percentage fifty one percent. But one thing that I am just gonna have to go ahead and put this out there: San Antonio is deep. You listen to all those names I just I just rattled off. I really look at um, Portland Trailblazers like players on their team who who I am really worried about. Damian Lillard. CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic. That's really all I'm worried about. Shermo Harkless can go off. Ed Davis is solid. Uh, Evan Turner was a great addition. Afrika Mino is Afrika Muno. Sebastian Napier, Sebastian so Napier. But l- l- every single player that I said on San Antonio, right there. I- wait, wait, wait. Let me go back and uh, and recite those names again. I'm afraid of every single one of these players. Lamarcus Aldridge, Kyle Anderson. Why Kyle Anderson? Because he's a good rock for the team, especially he's 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 out there. Balling hard. Paul Gasol. Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay came off the point, off the bench and freaking had like 25, 30 points. Not the other day. Danny Green. Shoot the three. Get hot anytime. Oh, my God. Sidebar. I'm so sorry for sidebarring right now. That's okay. No way in this world should Rudy Gay be making $8.5 million and Danny Green be making $10 million this year. Oh,
1: I, I saw you post that today. That's You, awesome.
0: were, you were really angry. About I was like, <laughs> about Danny this. Green's making $10 million a year. He's making a, a little bit less, a little bit more than half of Kawhi's making. He's making way too much money. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, just look at that team is stacked. They need to get better from three, but they're second in defensive rating. I mean, they have number one bench scoring, uh,
1: number one overall defense. And they're at home, and they're going to have a good line. Now, Portland on the other other side, I mean, pretty good on defense. They're top five. Top five, yeah. They are fifth. You know, that surprised me, right? Yeah. Uh, Both teams are in the top ten in point differential. Uh, You mentioned Damian Lillard. He's playing at a high level, 26.7 points per game. Um, so that's why we're going to see a close game here. Yeah,
0: it's, it, I mean Portland's too much of a toss up on the road too. Twenty one and seventeen is nothing that I really want to get behind, yeah. especially with bad losses on the road. To like they had one uh, on the twenty third uh, to Dallas, and then they had one what last night to um, Memphis, or I have vice versa, whatever. It, it, it,
1: those are twenty win teams. You do not they, late in the season. You do not. Lose to twenty win teams. Not down the stretch. It's the last week of the season. This is gonna be a good little preview of what we got coming up here. We got some good basketball coming up. Uh, The NBA playoffs are always fun,
0: and you know we're gonna talk about our favorite picks of the playoffs. I, 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 if I, if if you're okay with it. I think that we should do a a bracket. Just go oh, on air and just say our bracket out loud. That'll
1: be fun. It'll we'll do that next week.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, but you know what we got this week? Masters. Oh, yes, my God. Yes. Finally. Master's Sunday. I had a pimento and cheese sandwich today. Thank you, Golf Channel, for the hookup because it was delicious. Oh, my <laughs> God. I felt like I was at the Masters. It had a little tea in it, too. They were playing the Masters theme music.
1: You know, uh, I was uh, in Ohio this past weekend, and I was talking to my dad, and we were talking about our favorite sports days of the year. Yes. And Master's Sunday was definitely up there.
0: 100%. And, you know, uh, I, I alluded to this earlier. One of my buddies, diehard Leno City fan, and I, and I am too, uh, he goes, do hey, you want to go to the game on Sunday? I go, are you kidding me? It's Master's Sunday.
1: It's it, it's the only day in April where I don't watch the rest. It's the golf Super Bowl. <laughs> because it's... <laughs> pastors we're gonna be doing some brunch we're gonna be going out yeah
0: brunch going yeah. out watching man it's gonna be a great one miles i think we had an excellent episode today and i'm super enthusiastic by all of our friends at the podcast movement who've been giving us a great advice giving us uh i mean we even got new microphones because of these guys everything that they have done in this short period of time for for our confidence and for for our show style It's really been a blessing. It's
1: been a great group and just fun to be a part of the community.
0: Yeah, definitely. Guys, we created a new Facebook page. If you guys just want to talk about sports on Facebook, look it up. It's called The House, a place to talk about sports. Beware. There's some good shit talking about it. It is popping. (laughs) Love it. So go ahead and find us there. Uh, If you want to enter our mailbag, just shoot us a tweet. Or an email. Uh, the Twitter is at BestTheHouse. The email is at BestTheHouse.com. Oh, that's our website.com. .com. The email is at house at gmail.com. Oh, my God. I'll get it out. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, go ahead and download, rate, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher.
1: And have fun on Master Sunday. Let's go, Tiger.